Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Friday, June 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes is in Pittsburgh, where the Indians are about to open a three-game weekend series against the Pirates, but we're going to look back on this uh, seven-game homestand first. The Indians uh, taking, what, six out of seven on the, on the homestand against yeah. uh, the Orioles and the, the Mariners, the only loss uh, coming, ironically enough, in a a Shane Bieber start on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we, we all know what happened after that. The, uh, the Indians put their ace uh, on the injured list. But since then, uh, the pitching staff has sort of rallied and responded. Now, and I say pitching staff, Hoinsey, because really there is no rotation right now, is it? It's, it's just sort of whoever's ready is going to pitch. Yeah, there's Aaron Savali and uh, four question marks and four guys that I guess are kind of – long relievers or maybe not even long relievers kind of three inning relievers and then let's go to the bullpen yeah I I think we we made fun of it we made light of it after the Zach Plesak injury and we had all those uh those rain out situations where we were saying oh it's uh it's Aaron and Shane and pray for rain now it's just Aaron it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. unless your name is Aaron Savali you really don't know when or how you're going to be used uh on this pitching staff and is it me or, or does it seem like Tito and, and Carl Willis, uh, they're not happy about having to do this, but they're not, they're, they're looking forward to the challenge. They're, they're saying, Hey, we're coming to the park every day. We're figuring out the next day's rotation and who we're going to use right after each game. Uh, it, it's a challenge, but as long as these guys are able to respond the way they have been uh, they're they're attacking this challenge. They're, they're doing what needs to be done. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know the, these last three games against Baltimore, or you know, the bullpen has pitched more innings than you know any of the starters. Even Savali only went five innings, and uh, it's just uh, you know I think they have embraced this challenge. They're kind of you know it's it's I don't know how for how long you know, but uh, you know this is uh, it's really interesting to see what they're doing and. The, the big thing is the buy-in they're getting from, you know, those, uh, what, the whole pitching staff, right. basically, all 14 guys. Right. Tito talked in the postgame yesterday about how this four-game sweep of Baltimore really helps with the buy-in. He can go back to the that clubhouse and look those guys in the eyes and say, look, when we do this and when everybody buys in 
and everybody does what we, we need of them, they, you know, there are results here. Now, granted, it was against Baltimore, and Baltimore has lost 19 straight games on the road now after, after Thursday's game. Uh, so the, the competition isn't necessarily there. And, and you're going to Pittsburgh where, you know, Pittsburgh's not exactly uh, leading the National League East. Uh, this is a stretch of games here. You know, after Chicago, two games in, against the Cubs, you're, you're going to Minnesota, and Minnesota's in the, the basement in the AL Central. This is a stretch of games where if they need to get their feet under them in this new process, in this new, you know, trying to figure things out kind of with the pitching staff role, uh, this is this is the time to do it against teams that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, the, the tops in their division. Yeah, Joe, it's uh... – the schedule is kind of broken their way, I guess, if you can say that. But, you know, I just wonder, you know, how long you can ask these guys to do this. I mean, you can ask them all you want and they can say, you know, yes, yes, yes. You know, we'll, we'll go out there. But when, you know, when does that adrenaline rush kind of wear off, you know, and when does reality set in? And, you know, and usually, you know, I have a theory, you know, when, when, and it, there's no, I, I don't have any uh, uh, vital statistics to back it up, but. Uh, you know, so when, it's when, less of a theory. It's more of a hypothesis thing. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, when, when a team suffers a big injury, there seems to be, the, you know, a rallying point, you know, kind of the rest of the team rallies and they play pretty well for a, a period of time. And then they kind of, you know, then everybody wakes up, everybody figures out, you know, just, how big a loss they suffered and, and, you know, the performance maybe, maybe declines a little bit. And I, I think the Indians are kind of in still in that, you know, heady feeling that, you know, they banded together after losing Bieber and, and, uh, and police and a bunch of other guys. And uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to take this as far as they can. Yeah. They, they, like a little bit of a bump. There's like a little bit of a, a rallying bump right after the injur- injury uh, they play really well. They play a little bit, maybe more than what they're they're capable of. Not necessarily capable of, but uh, maybe above their level a little bit. And then you're right. You know, reality sets in, and you remember that that baseball isn't uh, a small sample, uh, you know, sprint. It's a it's it's a long run, and uh, over the long run, those guys fall back. So is maybe that what we're seeing with Bobby Bradley? Uh, because he's he's performing pretty well right now since he uh, he came up offensively, and and you combine him with the Omed Rosario being hot at the plate and they, they give you a little bit of, of offense to sort of fall back on with these, these young pitchers to, to sort of, you know, give them a little confidence when they go out there. That was the case yesterday with Eli Morgan getting three runs after the first inning. And he was able to come back and settle in after that. Yeah. You know, Bobby Bradley's been really hot and, you know, you just got to wonder what is going through that front office's mind right now and said, how could we keep this kid down there for two months in Columbus? And while he's already outperformed, uh, you know, uh, know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy, but good for Bobby Bradley. He's hot. And you're right. uh, You know, with Ahmad Rosario, Ahmed Rosario and uh, you know, him hitting in the second spot, Bobby hitting what fifth or sixth, fourth or fifth or sixth, wherever he's, he's hitting, you know, that's really giving them some, uh, some juice. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Jose Ramirez has, has been uh, consistently uh, excellent for since opening day. Right. Uh, I, I tend to just, you know, take for granted right now and, and not even, not even mention the fact that Jose Ramirez hit a, 
a, a two-run home run in the first inning yesterday and basically launched the Indians to their to their win. Uh, that was a 3-0 pitch. He knew he was going to get a, a sinker, a fastball. He looked in and just, you know, drove it to right field. Jose Ramirez doing Jose Ramirez things right now. It, it's kind of boring for me to talk about. I didn't want to bring it up anymore, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mention a little later on, we'll mention uh, some of the things from this homestand that, and I'm sure he'll, he'll pop up there. Uh, okay. So this, this homestand coming off of, you know, six wins in seven games and against, you know, Seattle, Baltimore, not exactly the greatest competition. Uh, where do the Indians go from here as they head to Pittsburgh? What, uh, what is sort of the expectation out of this pitching staff? I believe you have J.C. Mejia going tonight against, uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, we saw Mejia, you know, um, I think uh, what he gave up a couple runs against uh, Seattle last time. He, I, I think was Seattle his last start. Uh, pitched three or four innings. You know, they held him back so he could, he's going to go on short, you know, three days rest because he pitched Monday, then uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So he's pitching on short rest. Then we've got Contrell, Quantrill, I should say. And uh, Quantrill and, uh, you know, and they're bringing uh, uh, the lefty, uh, Henkes out of the – Henkes is going to start on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, so, you know, and they're all in the same mold, you know, three, four-inning guys and, uh, you know, kind of cross your fingers and uh, hope the bullpen is, uh, is, is ready and rested and as rested as can be. Okay, Hoinsey, uh, here we go. Um, I'm going to give you six names here. Ryan Peak. Chad Cool, uh, Will Crow, Daniel Adair, Mitch Gwinden, and JT Brubaker. Three of those guys are pitchers that are going to start for the Pirates against the Indians this weekend, and three of those guys are current or former members of the band Nickelback. <laughs> and I can guarantee you, without looking at the, uh, the, the game notes in front of you, that you can't name which ones are which for uh, for the Pirates? You can't name the three pitchers for the Pirates because wow. I sure I sure couldn't. <laughs> I'm 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 thinking Joe. I might have an advantage over you here because I did the uh, fact the on deck fact. Well, there you go. You, you wrote up the you wrote up the preview, so you know who's who's who. So I'm going I'm going Crow, uh, uh, Burbank or Brubaker, 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 and uh, and Crawl. Crawl is it? Call, call, K-U-H-L, call. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's fine. I, I just, I, I would have been more surprised if you would have known the, the Nickelback. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't that, have known those been, guys. That would have been uh, pretty surprising. But, uh, you know, that just illustrates the point. You know, regardless of how I think the, uh, the, the Indians' young pitchers perform this weekend, I think the Indians are going to have a chance against the Pirates because, you know, who are these, who, who are these guys they're facing? It's just, yeah, it's, it's and the Pirates have lost 10 straight, Joe. And wow. uh, two of those three starting pitchers are 0-4. So, you know, they're going to have a chance. But the thing is, you know, Pittsburgh can hit a little bit. And uh, they've got what uh, – who's the kid? K. K. Bryant Hayes? K. Bryant Hayes, yes. He had the great series against the Indians last year. he have year. like nine straight hits in, in, in nine straight at-bats uh, against the yeah, Indians yeah, last year? Yeah, he had a, just a great series. And as long as he's healthy, he's, he's going to be dangerous. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates 
from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right. So, uh, you know, it should be a fun series to, to watch. Uh, uh, yeah, let's, uh, at this point, let's just wrap up the, the homestand here with uh, – I want to do a top three. What three moments or aspects of the Indians' last seven-game homestand really stand out? Uh, number three, I think we decided on, was uh, was the bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen, geez, I mean, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, uh, uh, with uh, – <laughs> especially with those – you know, the, with Karen Check and, and uh, Class A pitching three days in a row against the, uh, against the Orioles and uh, just shutting things down in the eighth and ninth inning, just really, really impressive. Those two guys. Yeah. The, the back end of the bullpen, uh, Shaw pitched in two of those games. Uh, I, I believe he gave up a run in at least one of them, but uh, particularly Karen Jack and class a, they were on fire. They, uh, and, and they worked three straight games. That's, that's more, uh, you know, uh, we asked Chris Antonetti the other day, you know, has, a, has is, is there a hard limit to the number of innings these guys can work sort of in this new normal for the Indians? And he said, well, I don't think we've ever really had a reliever work four straight days. And, you know, that might hold true. So that might be the only hard and fast rule that's, that's going to come of this, this new pitching situation for the Indians. All right. Number two, uh, I think uh, really the standout performance on the weekend uh, or, or this, you know, since last weekend, uh, Bobby Bradley, uh, he, his numbers on the homestand in those seven games, uh, 364 with a 1213 OPS three home runs, eight RBIs, and Bobby Bradley only struck out seven times in 25 plate appearances. Uh, pretty good for a guy who, who you know, if, if you let him go, he'd probably strike out 130 times in a season. Yeah, just a, a great, you know, great home stand for Bradley. Um, you know, he came up and joined him on the road. So this was really his first uh, home stand since really 2019. And, you know, he, you know, Ramirez hits the two-run homer yesterday in the first he follows it up with another home run, you know, going the other way to uh, over the left field. Just he kind of just snuck over the left field, you know, the 19th foot wall. Might, left. May or may not have been aided by a fan. We we yeah. we won't say anything about that. 
but uh, you know, he's, he's, he's hit well, Joe, he's, he's run the bases well. And uh, you know, what did, what did he say? He, he only unbuttons the, t- the top two buttons of his uniform Jersey because he doesn't like odd numbers. Is that what I think that's what he said. I, 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 hey, if that's, what's working for you, I mean, yeah. unbutton it to your belly button. If, if that's going to help you hit a home run, I don't care. Let's see it. Let, let's see the full Bobby Bradley here. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I think of particular note, it's the fact that when he falls behind in counts, he's, he's looking to put the ball in play the other way. He knows that he can hit the ball hard the other way, and he's done that on several occasions already. This, uh, you know, in the, in the short time that he's been up, uh, if Bobby Bradley, uh, you know, I remember a, a, a Hall of Famer who, when he was hitting the ball to left field, uh, he, he was, you knew he was going well. That was Jim Tomey. I'm not trying to compare the two, but it, there's just something about those those big power hitting left handers. If if they're hitting the ball and staying on it the other way. Uh, you know that they're going good. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he's been a, a, just a pleasant surprise since he came up. And, uh, you know, everybody was wondering why uh, they, the Indians, you know, stayed with Jake Bauer so long. And they've got to be wondering even more now, you know, based on how uh, Bradley has, has started his uh, big league, uh, his second shot in the big leagues. All right. The number one moment that we uh, sort of decided on from this this past Indians homestand uh, has to be uh, none other than the Jose Ramirez uh, trip around the bases. Uh, Jose turning a, a line drive base hit into three bases by being alert, uh, maybe actually getting himself in a little bit of a predicament at first, but then uh, having the wherewithal to, to look ahead to third base and, and see that there was no one covering uh, after getting in a rundown. Uh, th- that was just, peak Jose Ramirez, right? It was just vintage uh, man running with his hair on fire at, at some point. <laughs> his helmet was coming off. He's, he's oh, like the, helmet the, did, the helmet didn't even make it to second base. <laughs> it's like, he's like the road runner. And I mean, he just, you know, you can't stop him. You know, he's like, he was just going to run till he got tagged out or he, or he made it, or he, he got to third base safely. I like how he, he finally got to third base. He just kind of hugged it. You look like he was gonna. You look like he was gonna take a nap there or something. Well, I, I something actually. I went back and looked at the at the video after Chris Antonetti mentioned something. We asked him about it yesterday, and he mentioned if you look at the video, Ramirez actually takes a peek down at home plate, and if I believe it was Freddie Galvis, if he doesn't make a move like he's gonna go cover home plate there was a chance that Jose would have gotten up and run for run for home. And that would have just, people would have gone out of their minds oh my if, if, if he would have been able to accomplish that, but go back and look at the video. He does kind of take a peek down there at home. And if the, if the Orioles didn't at least, you know, send somebody down there to, to stand between him and the plate, he might've made a dash for it. Yeah. Cause the catcher was up. up, up. Catcher came up to third base, right? Third base. Yeah. And I don't know where the pitcher was. The pitcher was probably backing up a play somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of youth baseball uh, this summer. I've seen a lot of, you know, Keystone Cop type plays. But that right right now, to this point, that was the, the, uh, the, the base running highlight of the year for the Indians uh, so far. And, and right. you got to – what about the Orioles, uh, Joe? I mean, that is – I mean, they're playing like they want to get their manager fired. I, I know it. <laughs> It's he, he's kind of, he doesn't have too much to do with this rebuilding thing, but boy, oh boy, that's a, 
they just make two or three errors every night, it seemed like. Well, well, he did get run out of the game on Monday, the first thing, yeah, yeah. first opportunity he had. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, a, you know, not a good situation uh, in, in Baltimore. And they're, they always seem to be rebuilding. So, uh, you know, take it for what it is. All right. Uh, again, let's, uh, you know, sort of look ahead. Uh, this weekend, we, we said the, the, the pitching rotation, Mejia, Quantrill and Henches. Uh, don't be surprised to see guys like Brian Shaw or Nick Sandlin coming into games in the fourth or fifth inning now uh, as as we move forward. This is this is the way that it's going to be. And and uh, guys like Trevor Steffen, who until this point had only been pitching in games where the Indians were behind or the game was out of control. Uh, you know, a rule five guy you're, who you're trying to get him innings and, and sort of sneak him through the season. Uh Trevor Steffen yesterday was in there pitching with a lead. Don't be surprised to see that as well. Yeah, because uh, I think, you know, those are the kind of guys that can come in and, and give them a, an inning and a third or two innings, you know, Shaw and, and Sandlin and, and Steffen. Those, you know, because they really don't have a, a long guy to bridge the gap. So, you know, you've, you've got to get some two. two <laughs> Their two. long guys are the ones starting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great point. And uh, we'll, we'll just see how it goes, Joe. I mean, Keep your fingers crossed, and uh, I <laughs> we'll see how far they can take this. Yeah, Trevor Steffen picking up his first major league win yesterday, uh, just because the uh, Eli Morgan didn't go the required five innings, and uh, uh, the official score deemed that that Steffen's effort over an inning and two thirds was was worthy of a win. So, uh, not the not the traditional sense that you would want to see your first uh, your first major league win, but. Uh, that's, that's one for Trevor Steffen. Uh, it's one more major league win than I have, I guess. So, uh, okay. you know, hey, take them it. where you get them. That's and, exa- uh, and, and that was exactly what Tito said. He's like, Hey, we'll, we'll take any bit of good news that we can get right now. And they're 10 games over uh, 500. Right. Someone, someone said it's the best start in, in Francona's career since he's been in Cleveland. It is. Yeah. Through to, through, uh, what? 67 games, something like that. 66 games. That's, that's the, yeah. the most wins that he's had a uh, couple that's of injury, amazing. couple of injury notes uh, prior to the game on Thursday, we watched Roberto Perez out on the field throwing. Uh, he was throwing to bases from behind the plate, uh, you know, picking up balls and throwing to first, throwing down to second. Uh, he looks like he's progressing. Uh, could be soon. He's getting rechecked in Pittsburgh. Uh, he and uh, uh, Zach Plesak are actually both getting rechecked today in Pittsburgh by Dr. Graham. Uh, so rehab assignments could be forthcoming for both of them. Uh, we already mentioned uh, the other day that Fran El Reyes stayed behind. He's going to be doing some hitting with Lake County uh, to assess where he is and when he could start a rehab assignment. Uh, the only real bad news right now is Jordan Luplo and uh, Shane Bieber. Those two guys, Luplo on the 60-day injured list, uh, really you know, a lot of concern over his, uh, his left ankle. And of course, Bieber uh, still in the middle of that, not throwing for two weeks uh, before they reassess his shoulder. Yeah, that's good news on, uh, uh, you know, on, on Perez and, uh, and <laughs> Perez and Plesak. I think Plesak is, is, is a little farther ahead of schedule than they thought he'd be. Right. Well, if I were Plesak, I'd be raring to go just knowing that, I sort of did this to myself and I cost my teammates uh, all these, these games. So you're not, uh, help, you're not kidding. 
help could be on the way, uh, you know, maybe a, a week or two after we get through this, this, uh, this long 10 game road trip. Uh, Hoinsey, we will, uh, we will hook up with you again on Monday after the weekend. We'll uh, evaluate the, the Pittsburgh series. We'll look forward to uh, what's going to happen in Chicago for two games. And, and we'll talk to you then on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 